We're halfway through? We are. We are halfway through. Almost exactly, I think. Yeah, this book is pretty even with six chapters. I really, I just took like big chunks in my hand and was like, this looks like a quarter. How many chapters is this? No, you you separated by like six chapters each. It's actually very even. Good job. Yay. This chunk was riveting. There was so much. There it was I enjoyed it. It was a nice little nice little excursion into the book. Cause we get into the juice. Yeah. Ya 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 Welcome to Bucky Radio. We're coming to you from inside the walls. This is episode three, Assassin's Apprentice, chapters 13 through 18, and I'm Rachel, a rereader. I'm Eli, a rereader. I'm Jenny, and I'm a rereader. I'm Ashley, and I'm a new reader. I'm Joey, and I'm an audiobook listener for the first time. The very first time. We'll get there one day. <laughs> So before we start, uh, it's time for corrections, omissions, and announcements. I think we made zero mistakes in the last episode. I'm so sure, so I have no corrections. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Reddit. Speaking of, uh, it seems like we have a lot of new listeners. So hi, thank you for listening, and please have mercy on us because uh, those of us who are rereading haven't reread in years. And the person who has read the Rainwilds is not here. <laughs> not <laughs> us. <laughs> so she will be with us later for later episodes. The what? I also have not read the live ship books. So. Yeah, that. I feel like just hearing these words is spoiling me because I don't know what the Rainwilds are or anything about the ships. I don't know. That's, that, so you're fine. That's all I'll listen. <laughs> it's not strictly true, but. Um... We did get a nice comment on on Reddit like you know two days ago that was uh, they didn't have anyone to talk to about the books so they were excited to listen to other people discussing them. That's awesome. Yeah, I won't ever read anybody's comments anywhere on the internet because it's just not something that I particularly care about. But I appreciate the fact that somebody is doing nice things and we're doing something nice for somebody yeah, else. Yeah, it's nice to know that. Our little book club that we very uh, egotistically decided to put on the internet is reaching other people's ears. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's cool. I'm, I'm only doing a control F for my name in any of the comments. <laughs> so if you put my name in the comments, I will read it. I'm pretty sure that you are the only person who gets named in the comments. Everyone else is just the hosts. Oh, <laughs> That's right. Yeah, His, the ego is growing. I can hear it. Can hear it. Yes. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> this is what you did, listeners. You did this. All right. So uh, we are moving into what I've dubbed the juice in our in our notes. Yes. With chapter thirteen. It's titled Smithy. 
the introduction is about patience as a child and it establishes her erratic behaviors and her stubborn streak and lets us know that she is not your standard noble lady. And as the chapter begins, Fitz goes to meet Patience in her chambers where we also meet Lacey. Patience is unimpressed with Fitz's presentation, which is more <laughs> of that wit-backed vacancy and general disapproval that, uh, of Birch's methods that we've seen before. Uh, and she gives Fitz a little terrier puppy, which sort of randomly uh, on impulse, which Fitz really appreciates. And she also gives him a name, Tom, not at all randomly, that Fitz does not appreciate. Uh, after he is dismissed, Fitz takes the puppy back to his quarters where he encounters the fool who gives him some friendly advice about patience and the puppy's name. Uh, Fitz is getting happier throughout this chapter because he has the puppy that he names Smithy. Uh, but Burrich does note that he is a little bit distracted, but Fitz hides the puppy from Burrich and blames his behavior on patience, which Burrich totally buys. Later, yeah, Lacey comes to Fitz to give him some housekeeping advice and a set of sea pipes and some more insight into Patience, which is our clue that she might be a really important person. This prompts Fitz to show Patience his appreciation for Smithy by painting her a picture of the dog. And Patience is happy to see Fitz display a skill that she values and realizes that Fitz does does indeed have a personality somewhere inside of him. And very uh, surprised that's that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the chapter <laughs> ends with an outburst from Patience over her regret that she did not bear chivalry a child. And also note, let's uh, make paper. It's like going back to Lady Patience. I know throughout this these six chapters, we see a bit of her at the beginning, I guess, of chapter 13. And then she kind of drops off. But I, I assume and I kind of hope that we'll see some more of her because I feel... I don't know. It's nice to have this person who's in a high place but isn't some stuffy, vacant bejeweled <laughs> doll i guess wait who's a bejeweled doll are you talking about regal bejeweled doll i think that describes him well yeah i mean yeah. i like patience because she is she's like she's baddie i just she's miss frizzle she's the frizz she's kind of miss frizzle like yeah there's something she's about her that is that i mean i i don't know this it, it, again like the way that the book is structured each chapter it's at least so far has been introducing kind of either a major character or a major concept to us and so this is like the patience right. chapter i mean we've met her before but we haven't really gotten to know her we haven't we haven't like seen right. how like chaotic she is and how difficult she can be to follow and how she doesn't really know how to relate maybe to fit specifically uh, you know, because she's constantly trying to figure out what I what love her reactions yeah. to Fitz. They're just hysterical. How how not patient she is. <laughs> yeah, it's so I just can imagine this kid standing there. She's just like ripping instruments out of his hands and like throwing new things in. And I just love. Yeah, it's like play this, and he tries for like half a second. <laughs> like, nope, no good, like, no. no aptitude for this. I not just good love, enough. I love how surprised. <laughs> she is that he like actually did something that she deemed worthwhile with the, the puppy painting which is amusing yeah she doesn't even think that he did it and he's like no player like I, I painted that I have some skills I'm glad that Fitz got a puppy I think that's really I think that's great for him he needs something to love and something to love him back um, I like that the full name dog names are and, his dog names are like the seven dwarfs, though. 
Snoot, snooty or what was Sooty it? Snooty is the horse. Nosy. Nosy and... This dog is named Smithy. And the fool named Smithy. him. Smithy. Yeah. Cool He's good at making him. things. He's the dwarf dog that's good at making things. Well, again, that's what the fool says, right? He says that he should name him something like Forge. And he's like, you know, Fitz is like, no, that's not a good word anymore. And the fool says, because your heart will be hammered against him and your strength will be tempered in his fire. Like, all right. Thanks, Jesus. fool. Thanks, fool. Spoiler, fool. Such a such a small dog for such a big, you know, responsibility. Concept. Yeah. I also really like that we got to see the fool again. He's just you know doing his thing. I've decided, you guys, that the fool when I, I you know like so he's owned by the king. He's supposed to be this jester or whatever. But then we're seeing him in these like dark alleyway or like private conversations with Fitz. And I've decided that I feel like he is like a character actor who plays one of those like really fancy clowns. <laughs> but every time we see him, every time we see him talking to Fitz, he's like on his smoke break and like doesn't. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> like. He's like leaning on a wall, talking in his real voice, which is like this instead of like his clown voice. I don't know. I just this is how I envision him. This is amazing. <laughs> That's actually kind of perfect. Yeah, it is. It's that very that good. scene in, in particular when he brings the puppy back and the fool is there and the fool's just kind of like hanging out in the hallway waiting for him, and then they just go into his room like he's not invited in. They just very companionably like go into the room and continue their conversation like. I don't. I really like that scene. They're becoming besties. <laughs> uh, but I do want to go back to patience. So I, I think that it. I mean, yes, she gives him a name, which is this is a, a, an ongoing theme for Fitz, right? Like the fact that he doesn't have a name, but other people have been giving him names so far, right? He's also new, known as New Boy, and Boy, and <laughs> like Shade calls him Boy, oh, yeah. and Birch. Every boy. time they say New Boy, I hear Nude Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is weird. Okay, well, he's he's underage, hey, so wrap it up. Boy. Uh, but <laughs> but she also gives him the puppy, and I think like did I think patients just wanted to give him something. Like, I think she felt guilty that yeah, she I hadn't think it was... given him anything up until this point when he's already a young man. Yeah, and he wasn't. It, not that she gave him a chance, but he didn't seem to be excelling at any of the new things that she was throwing at him. So she's like, "Here, I got you this boy. Little boys love puppies. Take this." Little did she know <laughs> that that's the best gift she could have ever given him. I know he was like so excited about this puppy. She's like, I don't really get it, but I'm glad you're happy. Yeah, so he brings he brings Smithy to his room, and we we learn a few things about the fool. Right, we learn that there that the fool has no smell and does not show up in which is yeah the sense that Fitz has for other living animals. He doesn't hear him coming. He doesn't have a smell. It's weird. (laughs) And like Fitz tries to quest after him when he leaves the room fairly abruptly. And he says that he's not able to quest after him. Yeah. Stealthy. This is very creepy. This is the creep. This is we're in a high creep level. I told Rachel I'm scaling his creep level. And this, is that a skill this verb? This particular questing? scenario. Yes. That's a wit. Yes. It's like questing. It's a wit verb. Well, well it's not skilling. It's a wit verb. It's a wit, it's yeah. Witting, it's Because witting wit. sounds dumb. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta quest. Questing. Yeah. I guess you, yeah. you gotta ask questions. I guess you quest with the wit and you reach with the skill. Yeah, I feel yeah. like, I feel Maybe, like the I skill guess. is like yeah. a more 
a more aggressive, a, like a more like anything that you're like verbing, whereas the wit is something that's less actionable. Like I know you're questing, but it's like passive. a passive. Like it's more like a radar and less. It's like, less invasive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what else? So Lacey comes by right at the end of this chapter. I love and, Lacey. Mm-hmm. And, oh, no, wait. Nope, we have to go back. Important, important quotes. All right. So back to the fool and uh, Fitz talking in his room. Two things happen. One, Fitz asks the fool if he knows shade and gets an evasive answer. Shocking. Yes. Oh, yes. I liked his reply, though. He said, shade or sunlight, I know when to keep a grip on my tongue. It would be a good thing yeah, for you to learn as well. which is basically shut up, Fitz. <laughs> shut the fuck up, shut man. Up. Do you know shade? He's that secret guy behind the wall. <laughs> he's my messy friend. And he's he's and he said it at a place where shade definitely hurt him. Oh, yeah, because they're in his him. room. Yeah, yeah. in his room. Uh, and yeah. then uh, the other thing that the fool says, lots of important things that just fall out of his mouth. But uh, this one is when they're talking about chivalry. He says they would never have been able to kill chivalry if she had not consented to his abdication in reference to patience. Mm-hmm. And I, my big, my note is what? <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, chivalry up. didn't die on accident. We knew that, right? We suspected that. I mean, we suspected that, it, now yeah. It's, now it's definitely true. Nobody was really believing that he fell off his horse and died. Yes. Isn't, wasn't that the story, yeah. that he fell off a horse? Yeah, nah, yeah. nah, I'm not buying it. There are sinister things at play. And then Lacey comes by and says, you know, you should try a little bit harder to impress patients. She wants you to do something that she, you know, values and... So he decides to paint her a picture, which is nice. Which is a real well, cute. you know, Fitz has he does have skills. Like he t- he you know he's <laughs> he learned with Fedrin, and he does stuff for Shade. Like right. he can write and draw and like and and look at something in nature and describe it either with words or with with painting it uh, in an accurate way. I appreciate that he basically did the like negative space exercise that you do in in like art class. <laughs> I see you, Robin. Hood. <laughs> <laughs> you took, a, you took a college course in art. Like, oh, you're gonna grit it out. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> grit it out. Project it on the wall. Uh, what do we think about Lacey? I love Lacey. She seems hopeful. Yeah. I mean, she seems much more observant I, I to. The fact that Fitz wasn't getting yes. any of what Patience was trying to do. Um, so in that way, Patience and Fitz are kind of the same. They're pretty unobservant of other people. Like she's kind of like their go-between translator. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, okay, I speak Patience. Yeah, I mean, Lady and Patience is out to Fitz, lunch. So let me help you guys out. Okay, uh, that brings us to chapter 14, entitled Galen. The worst person ever. <laughs> oh, Galen is a piece of <laughs> shit. So much in this chapter reminded me why. <laughs> I 
he is such a garbage human. It's just like he reeks of an inferiority complex. He wears, he's, you can tell he's, he's slight and he wears these clothes that are like really flashy, but super tight. Cause he's got to show off his rip bod. Like, I don't know. He's just that person you see walking down the street and it's like, that's just exploded. I haven't even gotten to the summary yet. (laughs) We have a lot of feelings. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. I'm like chapter 14, Galen. (laughs) Fuck that guy. (laughs) Pretty Uh, much. It should have been chapter 14. <laughs> Moving Galen. on. Uh, so uh, the intro to chapter 14 is about Galen's training and his ascension to skill master. And it notes that the skill appears outside of the Farseer line. I thought that would be uh, some important information to include in the summary. So the chapter opens with Patience and mm-hmm. Fitz developing their relationship. Uh, Fitz admires many of the proficiencies that make uh, people think that Patience is strange, like horticulture and tattooing and perfumery. And she Badassery. likes... Yeah, like being cool. Having Yeah, she would fit right in with millennials <laughs> today. Yeah, it's great. I love Patience. So he starts running errands for her, um, which allows him to go down into the town and see Molly. Um, but the night before... Uh, his skill lessons begin with Galen. Burritt shows up and wants to talk to Fitz, and he has come to warn him about Galen's personality and to especially warn Fitz away from using the wit. He doesn't want uh, Fitz to get in trouble for having this illicit magic. So Galen ends up being everything that all of the other characters have promised that he's going to be. He's the unyielding, pompous, unfashionable, fanatical internet troll of Buckheap. <laughs> The, he's unfashionable he, he is unfashionable he doesn't wear his clothing in the in the current fashion the guy has no fun. no he has like really nice fabrics and everything but he's wearing them like hella tight which is not it was we're, we're in like a more of a tunic <laughs> vibe with tight we're, we're the giant giant sleeve babe. i feel like fitz should should like yeah. that about galen's he just complains about his sleeves all the time that's one thing i do love about fitz and relate to him with he just complains about all of his clothes and all, all the of fashion and that's he's just like this bitch. is the worst i hate this <laughs> Uh, so the quote that I pulled for this section is, there is another type, one who goes about the world cadaverously, cheeks sunken, bones jutting, and one senses that he so disapproves of the whole of the world that he begrudges every bit of it that he takes inside himself. Uh, that's... A.K.A. It's the worst human ever. It's a food critic. He's a food critic. That's exactly... <laughs> I believe this was uh, a description of the two different kinds of, uh, like, very skinny people. Yes. Was that right. what it, One of them what is, was? like, fit and always moving, like, shade. And this and is, one of them's a corpse. And one of right. them is Galen, who is only skinny because he deprives himself of all pleasure in life. Yeah, because you, know, you gotta yeah. have two good... You have to have opposing examples, because otherwise it's skinny shaming. We can't have that. It's just Galen shaming. It's just no, Galen we, shaming. we can't. Comp- so it's straight up... Galen. Which is entirely appropriate and appropriate and encouraged. So Galen (laughs) proves to be abusive, hateful, sexist, and out to ruin Fitz specifically. Fitz endures the beatings and humiliation but is still punished for quote unquote taking food, which is actually for Smithy, and not adhering to Galen's depriving diet. So the fool notices that Fitz ends up sneaking food in the middle of the night and so he offers to help uh, with Smithy while Fitz is training. Uh, and they have a little, they have a kind of one-on-one where Fitz is, uh, basically kind of being a little hard-headed and the fool's trying to warn him off. And he says, use your head, boy. What can you possibly learn from what he's doing to you? Uh, but 
Yeah. But I like I like that the fool just kind of shows up and he's like, I'll take care of your dog. I won't clean up his messes, but I'll feed yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's like, nah, dude. Not cool. I'm the same way. I'm not going to pick up your dog's poop. I, not going to happen. They didn't have puppy pads. <laughs> I think it's uh, worth mentioning what exactly they were doing in the training. Mm-hmm. So they were, like, basically mm-hmm. sitting up on top of this rooftop all day long during the winter. Freezing like, to death. You know, like, no standing shoes. on standing on one leg. No not shoes. Not wearing clothes. Yeah. You know, not, not doing anything but being cold and not eating food. Sounds a lot like yoga. Galen's the worst. Yes, they were they were doing no, no, yoga in the snow. Yeah. <laughs> no coterie, no, no coats. <laughs> well, and he's this, he's very harsh with Fitz, but he also treats uh, the the girls yeah, very like badly. shit as well. He doesn't want them to be there at all, and just doesn't. Well, I just really I like that Hob is like, look, we're gonna make him not likable, but I want you to know, I want you to know in your bones that he is a piece of crap, and I'm gonna do that via sexism. <laughs> Yeah. Because up until this point, like, women have had pretty good representation in the book, and this is the first time where we really see them being, like, treated as an inferior, like, ew, girls. Because mm-hmm. they're, they're really enough. not in this. I mean, they can be, you know, they're in the line of succession. They're, you they know, can, like, they can be in right. any kind of job. Like, the head the head fighter is. Yeah, a, like, Hod is, is a woman, and yeah. they're hunters, and, like, they. You know, they do any, everything the men do, so, yeah, Galen sucks. Uh, you know, so Galen is basically, besides Verity and Shrewd, the only skill user, right? And he he was trained by the previous skill master, but there haven't been, like, organized training of any skill users for a long time. And Galen has been tasked with doing this. And there's, there's parts of him that I, I kind of am sad and empathize with because he's been given this task that I kind of think he doesn't really know how to accomplish. Uh, but it's all just colored by this just unrelenting hatred that he has of Fitz, which is so difficult to read because mm-hmm. Fitz is this guy who we really want him to stand up for himself and we really want him to be the hero because he is our MC, but... He's just letting this guy treat him like crap and also internalizing all of that humiliation. It's very difficult to read. This is just very sad. Well, and it's... Yeah, and we learned previously that Galen is, like, super in love with chivalry, and so... But he's treating Fitz like a nothing, so... Interessante. <laughs> um... So how how long had he been skill master with basically nothing to do? <laughs> I I think like do you know what I mean? A like, long time. Like, twenty years. Like yeah, however, like twenty years. He hasn't done because, anything. Yeah. Nobody has done anything in twenty years yeah. with the skill. Really. It's... Well, and Regal isn't trained in this skill, so he it said that he became skill master when he was only like a couple years older than Chivalry and. Um, well, did uh, yeah, and, and Chivalry and Verity learned from Solicity, yeah. right? They look, they didn't right. learn from him, so he hasn't really done his job ever. Before <laughs> well, it <point>. shows. <laughs> <laughs> he is he's the not good at like, it. the bad boss, you know. He's just he's micromanaging. He's you know he's harsh. He over critiques without giving any constructive criticism. He asks you to do impossible things without he has clear instruction. Yeah, he has a classic yeah. inferiority complex. Like, yeah. Um, 
so yeah so Fitz ends up having so his poor little puppy is trapped in his room while Fitz is training all the time and too tired to really do anything else but train and then like fall asleep and then get up again before the sun and head back up is this the chapter is it the next chapter where it's like oh if you don't get up here you know first then or if you get up here last then you get yeah you're gonna that's the first time he goes up there yeah yeah like literally the first time he shows up last and he gets like whipped or something yeah with a little a little oh his stupid little whip riding crop and we also learn when Burrich is talking to Fitz and telling him, like, he be careful and this is what it's going to be. We learn a lot more about how kind of sadistic Galen is in regards to how he feels about the wit and that he'd actually, there's not technically proof, but how he has had people killed mm-hmm. that use the wit. That was, a, this is this chapter, mm-hmm, correct? Yeah. And I think this is also the first time that we've found out that, like, using the wit could be a, a, of an offense bad enough to be executed. Right. Right. It's not just a perversion. It's just like, no, don't do it. Yeah. All right. So chapter 15 is called The Witness Stones. The intro reads less like a history and more like a fable that's been recorded. And it speaks of the negatives about skill use, its drug-like temptations and the euphoria that it causes. And it also mentions that they're the elderlings and that they're nearly godlike skill users and you can only communicate with them. Uh, using the skill but it it often comes with a high price uh, i think it it describes a man who dies raving but happy raving of his joy yes so fitz and the other students mm-hmm. are continuing to endure galen's teachings uh, i think it mentions that about three months go by uh, until finally they are given a lesson in which galen actually touches them with the skill they're not just standing around you know, opening themselves and standing on one foot and like being uncomfortable that he's actually going to touch them with this magic. He's um, going to actually teach them. and Which uh, implies that he it teaches them something to be touched with the magic. So he's going through everyone and he's touching everyone and then he gets to Fitz. Um, and he... Ew. And he... T- so he touches Fitz with the skill and Fitz begins to sort of really believe that he has... A real ability with the skill right he feels the magic and he feels strength in the magic and and sort of something goes on galen accuses him of having all these hidden resources like he's surprised at how strong fitz feels uh and of course he accuses it of being like he's trying to he's stealing someone else's power having a, a, a like hidden resources um so after that the fool visits fitz and smithy and he says something I think is really important. He says, do you think Galen will allow you to succeed? But Fitz is energized by his brief encounter and he vows that he's going to keep learning. And next time we see them, Galen's actually like delving into them with the skill. And when he delves into Fitz, he something unexpected happens. He actually tries to like invade Fitz's mind. And Fitz, who's thinking about Birch's warning, trying to keep his own secrets about Shade and about his wit use and Smithy. He tries to like block Galen and overpowers him, but Galen retaliates and then he ends up beating Fitz who can't defend himself because he's kind of like lost in the skill. Um, And immediately after that, we see that Fitz is filled with like a sense of despair and self-loathing. And after everyone leaves and he's sort of just laying there, he contemplates and then nearly throws himself off the top of the tower and the only reason that he doesn't um is because smithy 
anchors him and like calls to him with the wit. And there's a really lovely quote. It says, it loved me even though I couldn't, wouldn't, didn't love myself. Uh, and then Smithy and Birch and the fool come in silence and they retrieve Fitz from, from this cold, dead tower garden. And he's sort of broken. Uh, and Birch takes him back. Sort and of. Well. <laughs> sort of. He's, me- kid he's is definitely busted. mentally the kid broken. The kid is busted. And, <laughs> and beaten a little. Right? He's not like, he can walk. He could walk, but he can't. Um, so Birch cares for him in the stable apartment. And he, later on, when he wakes up, he questions Fitz about whether or not Galen had punished him because of the wit. But Fitz assures him that that's not what happened. Uh, and then Birch leaves and Fitz spends the next few days gradually recovering and he does like light chores for Birch. I think he's got some broken ribs or like bruised ribs, so he's not like doing anything heavy. Uh, and he even goes and visits Molly, but that isn't, isn't very successful because Fitz is just super sad sack and depressed the whole time. <laughs> uh, and then finally... Uh, Burridge tells Fitz that he needs to return to his skill lessons with Galen, but Fitz is very reluctant and convinced that he has no aptitude for the skill. He can't do it. Uh, And then he speaks to the fool later in his room, and the fool tells him that while he was recovering, uh, (laughs) Burridge actually took Galen to the witness stones and beat the ever-loving shit out of him. Beat him. Go, Burridge. So I do like that, like, Fitz just like, wow, Birch is in a really good mood for yeah. like several days. I don't understand this. It's like, it's just, He's yeah. fresh off a beating. Birch is all like really like, well, <laughs> d- it, it, okay, fine. And then he leaves and he comes back and he's just like, yep, everything's great. Fitz is like in a hangover mood and Birch is like whistling and mm-hmm. annoying the shit out of him. Beat the shit out of some asshole. And then he tells him later when he's like, oh, I can't go to lessons. I've missed too much. He's like, there's been no lessons. Since... <laughs> I took care of that for you. <laughs> yeah. um, the, but, you know, that, that conversation later with the fools is interesting, too, because there's all like a lot of dichotomy, right? Like at first... Fitz was really into learning the skill and he thought that this was something worth trying really hard for, even though the fool was warning him off. And then suddenly Fitz can't, he doesn't, he thinks he can't use the skill and he doesn't want to do it. And the fool's telling him to go learn. Yeah. This is a very, very confusing chapter. (laughs) When you first, it's all over the place. You don't understand what happened at all. I do like that this chapter starts out with the sentence, the fool was right, though. I just wanted to point that out. That's all. The fool was right. Just highlight that. Tattoo it on your body. You know, when they open it up and they talk about their training, though, it's like, it almost seems like cult-like and that oh, they're all being brainwashed cult-like. by Galen. Because it's not you like the of... army. They're not tearing yeah. you down to, be, to like bring you back up. They're just fucking tearing you down. Galen doesn't yeah. know how to teach any other way, which is why he's a bad teacher just, and a bad person. I'm sure Solicity did not do that to him. No way. No. And the other trainees kind of turn on the people who dissent or mm-hmm. isolate themselves. Yeah, they Mary. all, you know, it's, that's not like a level of camaraderie. It's all just yeah. I mean that that's yeah. I'm just, it's all like, evil. I feel like that that's probably something that actually happens in real life to people who are exposed to these these highly abusive situations to survive they have to join the in-group right they can't they and anyone who yeah, shows it's all them, about obedience yeah it's not about anything else it's obedient it's like high school but like distilled into three months sounds familiar yeah and then they say like after three months that like galen starts to give them like little things to try to 
make them even more loyal, like little bits of dried fruit, permission to wear <laughs> shoes. I mean, that's total, total and complete abuse of right. And no one behavior. stops him. Like they eat in their own space in the in the keep, no. and no one thinks that Galen. I mean, I think everyone does privately think that Galen is an asshole. I don't think Galen has friends. But for Regal, but yeah. Hell no. But he's the only person there that knows how to teach the skill. I mean, Shrewd's not going to do it, and Verity's not going to do it, so that's it. That's that's the limited resource they've got. Yeah. I think it was interesting kind of talking about when um, Galen actually uses this skill on the trainees, and the first time that he touches fits with it, and he says that... Um, he saw fear in Galen's eyes after he used this skill on him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that kind of ramps up Galen's hatred for him even more. So I kind of assumed at that point that he must have seen like either or both that Fitz has the skill or like a, a, a great aptitude for using it or that he did notice that he had the wit at that point. And he, he saw it straight out the gate. I mean, we know that Fitz has the skill. They've been saying that since for like the last four chapters, right? Like shade was really into getting Fitz trained. It was it was shrewd that was right. It. I mean, I don't think they know what his well. My is. my point was that like if Galen thinks that his he has the ability to have ah. a skill that's even stronger than him because this guy is clearly like a fish out of water when it comes yeah. to training. All I, these I mean, people. like yeah. I mean, there's no winnable situation for Fitz, right? He's either going to be weaker than Galen or stronger, and both positions are bad for him because Galen hates him. So he's either the going to brief mock hope him. that he's actually going to be able to like overpower Galen, and then it's like oh no. Just for it's that one split second you. where you think, yeah. yes, to put him on his ass. <laughs> <laughs> Repel him. <laughs> Repel yeah. him. Uh, but, you know, Burridge, Burridge hasn't been doing, like, great so far, like, being there for Fitz. But he was really there for Fitz in this chapter. Yeah, and not just in a, I'm standing right here, Fitz. Why are you lonely? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm right here. He takes care of him. He listens to him. He goes and beats up the bully. It's great. <laughs> Good job. We like you in this chapter. Punching your problems away. Punching your problems away is a very legitimate way to deal with your problems in Buckkeep. I do really like the the fool, just the whole story. He's just like, no, I wasn't there, but here's exactly what happened. Oh, yes. It's very, um, I'm trying, it's something, it reminded me of something in Game of Thrones. Oh, when, when Daenerys is always like, oh, I'm just a girl. I'm just a young girl. I know nothing of the ways of war. Yes. I ha- as she then blows up everybody with a dragon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what that, that felt like. <laughs> that's what it felt like. Yeah, I'm trying to find the quote. Um... Oh yeah, here we go. He's like, he says, "You haven't even a clue, have you, about what? About how the stable master dragged Galen from his bed and from thence to the witness stones? I wasn't there, of course, or I would be able to tell you how Galen cursed and struck at him at first. But the stable master paid no attention. He just hunched his shoulders to the man's blows and kept silent. It's like, all right, he he, Galen got his ass well and truly kicked, and also Galen didn't I seem to use whooped. the skill on him in order to defend himself." Why? It's also interesting to note that uh, Birch wasn't bruised at all, and nope. Galen was like bruised, on, even on his hands, like right, but not from hitting toe. him, from from taking the punches on his hands, from trying <laughs> right, to block. Them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't there. I saw and heard nothing of it. The fool stood and stretched. You'll be late if you tarry. It's like, hmm. oh, get on with it. What happened? He's just so upset with him. 
tells a very good story, though, the fool does. Mm -hmm. All right. Chapter 16 is called Lessons. The intro covers the use of coteries and buckkeep and mentions Crossfire's coterie and Crossfire's sacrifice, uh, which is, I guess, the, like one of the big legends in buckkeep. We don't get a lot of legends. Like we, we learned about the witness stones in the last chapter. And now we learned about these coteries. Um, and then we learned why there are no longer any coteries and, <laughs> and that Galen has been ordered to basically revive them. So after all of the beatings have gone down and he's heard about what Burge did, Fitz goes and faces Galen and resumes his studies. But he doesn't seem to be doing very well, uh, not nearly as well as he had before. He's kind of just enduring everything. Um, and then Fitz goes to see Molly again to cheer himself up. And she tells him that Verity is expected to marry soon, which Fitz had no idea about because he just has his head up his own ass. Uh, and not only that, but Regal will be choosing the bride since Verity is too busy. So then Fitz womp, and Molly womp. have kind of an adorable discussion about their idea of the perfect woman. Uh, <laughs> and then I have the little note that boys are fools. <laughs> yes. Uh, which is great, a great self-realization that Fitz has about himself. Um, Fitz continues to struggle with the skill, even while Galen accuses Fitz of hidden sources of strength. He says, are you his catamite that he lets you suck strength from him? Uh, if you don't know what a catamite is, that's uh, a, a, male, a male lover. Uh, and usually like a young boy. Uh, yeah, I was going to say. Far, far better if you had gone over the wall that night, bastard. Galen also says that. So then Galen tells him sort of gleefully that there's going to be a skill test and that Fitz will not succeed. Fuck off, Galen. Yeah, fuck off. So yeah, this is the, this is the extreme sad sack chapter where Fitz is just... Oh no, true sad sack what? starts in 17. 16, 16 is the gateway to the sad sack. 17 is when it's really I a mean, situation. I mean, 17 is legitimately bad. Yeah, 17 is, is the dark place. Like, yeah. In, in 16, does he start like it's a complete flip where he's not, um, he doesn't have any aptitude for the skill anymore Correct. and he also believes he doesn't have any aptitude. Correct. Right. At anything, yeah, mm -hmm. he's bad at life in general. Yeah, that happens pretty much immediately after the altercation. And we know that a lot on. of time is going by, right? Because spring ha spring comes, Sooty has a foal, Smithy turns into a real dog instead of a puppy. <laughs> um, when he sees Molly, he's just not—he just doesn't find. I mean, he's happy to see her, but it's just, it's empty, right? Like, Is this it's... the one where he's like, she will never connect to me the way I want to? Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. She's, it's like, they talk about how she has more of a connection with the dog, right. and he's, like, jealous of Smithy, and that he can get a reaction out of her, and he can't. And it's like, oh, yeah. it's emo well, fits. Fitz actually it's spoke just, to her he's... like a human, rather than just being like, I can't connect to you with my magic. Then you know maybe right. he'd stand a chance. But she wasn't really putting. Well, I don't know. She gave him a chance. Like when they were talking about the ideal woman and everything. Yeah, she gave him a chance, but then she she was like, I don't and? know, she... and he was like, I know nothing of what you Look. speak of. Let's keep talking. <laughs> yeah, and he immediately regretted not saying anything to her. But also, like, what woman doesn't know that you normally have to give them a guy like a couple few well, opportunities to actually yet. share she's their only feelings? Like sixteen. But... She doesn't know yeah. what she's doing either. 
She's tr- she's trying. She's trying harder than Fitz is. She's playing with his stupid dog. She's <laughs> yeah. I have a dog. You know, she's trying. She's trying. Um, so yeah. So again, Gail. Then later on, we you know Galen's still obsessed with this fact that like he thinks that Fitz has this well of power that is coming from somewhere else. Even though he's not actually doing anything very well, right. he's still like, you must have more power. So the thing about the talking about where he gets his power from and the quote where he says he asks, mm-hmm. are you his catamite? Like, I, I typically, obviously, this is like a human scenario of like a homosexual boy lover that you have. But like, is he really talking about Birch or is he talking about Shade or is he talking about Smithy? Like, I feel like all of the rage is like when he looked into Fitz's eyes and he had fear, it's because he saw that he had the wit and that kind of starts the whole like, well, let, let me read really the section. trying to it like, says, uh, he's talking about Galen. And when he says he, it says he reached the top of the stairs and then turned very slowly. I must ask, he said, and the venom in his voice was hungry with hatred. Are you his catamite that he lets you suck strength from him? Is that why he is so possessive of you? And then he says, Catamite, I repeated, not knowing the word. He smiled. It made his cadaverous face even more skull-like. Did you think I hadn't discovered him? (laughs) Did you think you'd be free to draw on his strength for this test? You won't. Be assured, bastard. You won't. So So he has to be talking about Smithy. It could be Smithy. It could be Burrich. It's difficult to... My... My like, assumption... he uses the term catamite, but to me that doesn't add up because there aren't really... Like, he's really not drawing power from any humans. He's drawing powers from the animals. My, well. my assumption is that he somehow saw or had some insight into Fitz turning around from not jumping off the building because he because he interacted right. with Smithy. Well, he does say better that you had thrown yourself over the wall. Now, Galen wasn't there when that happened. So, you know, important note, Fitz was alone. (laughs) The only person that was with him, quote unquote, with him was Smithy. So, yeah, you're right. There is a danger that maybe Galen is talking about Smithy. But I don't think he... I don't think he knows or else he wouldn't have said Catamite. Yeah. Right. Catamite seems weird if he's talking about a dog. So whatever it is, he's... Right. He just knows that that Fitz has a well of power. Now, is it Right. It's his own well of power. Is it another well of power? You know, I don't, I don't trust anything Galen says, but Fitz doesn't really, mm-hmm. he's not, this is again, this is one of those things where Fitz is just like, oh, I'm terrible at the skill. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, I'm the worst. I think all he knows is that Fitz should have jumped off that wall and didn't. And then Galen got the shit beat out of him by courage. Correct. I think that's all he knows. <laughs> things, things he knows, he knows for, for sure. sure. That I got my ass came and kicked the shit out of him, (laughs) which is why I would take it to mean that he meant Burridge, especially considering the next chapter. Right, and it's also important to know that the witness stones, like what happens there, is law. If Mm Burridge goes and beats someone up Mm -hmm. there, and the witness stones see him, like basically let him beat him up, then Burridge wins, and that's it. Like that's the argument. So yeah. there's nothing Galen can do to challenge that. He can't go back and re-challenge Birch over whatever the slight is, which I don't Not think that he would. knows. No, he wouldn't because he goes to him. I mean, but he can't yeah, run. To, he can't run to Shrewd and be like, "Birch beat me up." Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe you had a coming. The witness stones were there, and that's that's, that's it. 
<laughs> All right. It. So chapter 17, The Trial. Ooh, The Trials of Sad Sack Turgy <laughs> so, Where really nothing good happens. Nothing good. Uh, so Can you explain one? where that comes from, by the way? Sad Sack Turgy Yeah. Uh, we talked about it in, I think it was maybe our our yes. opening teaser thing where I, I immediately decided it comes from a movie called home for the holidays. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> that Rachel and I love, there's a character and he's just this very pathetic creature. And Russell. it's just like his family is dead and all Russell, <laughs> Russell, Russell, Turgiak, Russell. And he's just this very sad, pathetic, like only bad things happen. He's just, it's just miserable. And so any sad sack that I encounter in life is called sad sack Turgiak after Russell. And so yeah, watch that movie if you haven't because it's, oh, it's a fucking movie, gold. It's, uh, yeah. Directed by Jodie Foster and stars Holly Hunter, Dylan McDermott, Robert Downey Jr. among others. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's good. All right, so uh, chapter seventeen is called the trial, and it, the intro is the man ceremony where Fitz so is, Fitz gets a bar mitzvah. Yep. So where Fitz is given his man name. <laughs> That's the weirdest. Thing. All I could think of when I read this was we are men. <laughs> Women are tights, tight tights. Oh yeah, hundred percent. The man ceremony. We run around the wood looking. I for mean, boats. I feel like men of the internet feel like a man ceremony should be happening to them <laughs> when they turn fourteen and a half or whatever. I think th- I think they happen if you join a frat when you're uh, in college. I, f- I feel confident, feel confident about that. that hooded men show up in the middle yes. of the night, take you to an undisclosed location, they ask you to kill things. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah, frats are fucked. <laughs> Uh, so they give one of the the important thing though is that um, one he's fourteen and a half when this happens. So now again, touchstone. How much time has gone on? How old is Fitz? So we know he's between fourteen and fifteen, uh, and he has someone who cares about him enough to sponsor him as a man, and also <laughs> give him a name. And that name is in a language that no one can speak, say, or read or speak. But he tells us what the translation <laughs> is, and it's Catalyst the Changer. So that's that's the name he's given. To so many names um, for a guy. So many a little a, f- a little foreshadowing there, mm. if you will. Well, I know. Who gave I mean, him the that. man ceremony. I guess he's a man now. <laughs> I mean, what's the life expectancy back then? He probably is. <laughs> he's a man. How grown. old is Burridge? I don't know. Burridge is twenty-two. He's a ripe old age of 22. I'm sure Birch is actually probably 22. He's probably grizzled at 22. All right. Uh, so Fitz is anxious about Galen's skill test that's coming up that he knows that he's not going to pass because Galen won't let him. Uh, Birch counsels him to just get it over with. Uh, there's a great, very Birch quote where he says, well, now what? Uh, so, you know, Fitz very manfully goes and he takes the test and he's taken to an unknown location. And when he's left and he, you know, takes the blindfold off, he realizes that he has been left alone near the village of Forge. And I put myself a little note. Shout out to Fedrin and Verity for Maps 101 and 201. (laughs) So Fitz resolves (laughs) to wait around for the skill instructions that he knows aren't coming from Galen, but he's going to do it anyway, right? Like he's going to fulfill his part of of this test. But he's worrying about the Forged Ones and the possibility that Galen won't skill to him or did and he just didn't hear it because again he doesn't think that he has any ability uh and then he falls asleep and has uh, a bit of a nightmare that he realizes is real uh that uh smithy is in the stables with burritch and that 
uh, men come and attack Burrich and Smithy attempts to defend Burrich and is stabbed several times. So he wakes up and he immediately is like, that was real. I got to get back to Buckkeep. So he starts, so he starts walking and he knows that to walk home, he has to walk through Forge. Uh, so he does. And he's immediately, like, immediately, like, it's like being in a video game where you're like, if I go over yeah. here, there'll be zombies. <laughs> right. So he, he, he's like two seconds into Forge and he gets, you know, attacked by some Forge, forge ones. And uh, I guess because he's a grown up now, he is able to fight them off with some sticks. Uh, so shout out to Hod for hitting shit with sticks advanced course. <laughs> Shout out to Sticks. Shout out to Sticks. Uh, after fighting the off the forged ones, he hides for a while and then keeps continuing on towards Buckkeep. But as he's walking again through Forge, he sees a red ship pull into the harbor, which is like fucked up and decaying because Forge is like a dead town. So he's immediately just like shit and hits the deck, which happens to just be the beach behind a piece of like driftwood. <laughs> and he observes observes and hides for a time but he, he just can't do anything there's this great scene where he's like oh i should poison the well they're clearly here getting water and he's like no i, I can't go anywhere i don't have anything to poison the well oh, i don't have poison yeah so eventually he scuttles off uh and the red ship raiders don't see him and but he then is again immediately <laughs> set upon by forge one so during that confrontation fitz loses contact with smithy poor smithy no and so Fitz does a complete and total trademark this Fitz chivalry Hulk, Hulk out. And he rends the yeah. Forge ones from their limbs via his stick. Like he hits them so hard, <laughs> their jaws fall off. Their limbs like, detach. How much do you like your face? <laughs> Gone. What's up? Berserk These are mode These number are one. Zombies. Yeah, how? How is yeah. he hitting them so hard? Yeah. Their bodies. He is. He's. He, he's. He's enraged. He's, he's, he's straight he like up Hulk mode. Fall? It's the <laughs> so it's all those you know it's puberty. I think he's. I think they got zombie bodies. Yeah. That's all. They don't have zombie bodies. Like their flesh is it's just shitty. like not really hanging it's on butter. too well. No, they're they're just yeah. people. You guys are not <laughs> shitty bodies. <laughs> all right. Anyway, so he's killing them. Um, there's a quote that I put in here. It says, "I waited in the wind for someone to care enough to come and kill me." <laughs> so oh my god! Oh my god! So sad. Oh. It's like. There's the Fitz He's voice. So emo. That's the Fitz voice I've been waiting yep. for as a rereader. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, there. Did you guys get chills? Nope. <laughs> this is when I need characters that don't exist yet to exist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Fitz then continues on his way back to Buckkeep. Doesn't see any more forged ones. He gets there. Uh, he he's dirty. He's gross. But he goes straight to the infirmary and finds Burrich. Uh, where they immediately quarrel over the wit. Uh, and Birch is like, I know what Smithy was, and he's disgusted. I, I pulled this quote, so let me have what I do have. Let me be what I am. I don't use this in a bad way, which, you know, I don't think Fitz is wrong, but Birch and Fitz, they have this falling out. And with his dog dead and Birch has rejected him and he's failed to gain a place in the king's coterie, Fitz falls into a deep, dark depression. And even when he goes to Buckheap Town to see Molly, his last vestige of happiness, he sees her with Jade, the city pirate guy. And in response, he gets very drunk, gets halfway between Buckheap Town and Buckheap itself and falls asleep in the bushes. Oh, relatable. You know what? Not mad at, I'm not mad at how he handled that episode in particular. <laughs> you know, if, 
if you just don't want to feel just you know what just drink too much it's fine he's young he'll bounce back his hangover can't be that bad i mean he's what 15 he's a man Slumped now. over in a bush he's a man he's great he's yeah. that man. man liver <laughs> i mean this is this is shitty right like birch has just like had just been like i'm gonna defend you i you know i'm gonna kick this guy's ass for you i'm gonna be on your side you're gonna go to galen you're gonna claim your birthright you're a farseer you should learn the skill and then he goes out he fails at this test is almost killed brings really valuable information back to shrewd about the fact that there are red keep raiders in forge he yes. ignores right you know. yeah well, but yeah, you don't like, know how a... right, right, right. He but doesn't is... see what happens with that. But he doesn't. He, he could doesn't have gotten know a little like positive reinforcement, but right. Yeah. And 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 yet, you know, Birch is just like, no, go fuck off because that little puppy who is dead, I know, way, and who also saved right? his life. It's like cutthroat, right, you fucker? Like you wouldn't even be fucking alive yeah. right now, and then you're just all pissy and disowning yes, people. In this chapter, we don't like Birch. <laughs> <laughs> We don't miss Galen. We just like this chapter just covered so much territory. It was it was a lot to take in. We see like the sadness of him losing his dog. We see him actually murder people because he had to to survive. Is it, is, I mean, we've we've these, only then... read like two hundred and fifty pages. Two dogs have died. <laughs> like right? he has been rejected. <laughs> Like is Robin times. Hobb a cat person? Sleepy uh, is no. next, and sleepy these... is fun. What about Itchy and Sneezy? Are these the first people he's killed as an assassin? Yes, the first person. I think the, those forged ones. Well, are not as an assassin. We see him I kill mean, at all. this is just him killing. Right, period. but this is the. He's an assassin. That's but it. These are his first kills. Yes, those for, those yes. forged people whose jaws he took off with the force of a stick. Plain wood sheared the lower half of her face away. So forceful was my blow. Yeah, they gotta be zombie flesh. He, I don't... The other one, he shoves the stick through his heart or something. That's like not Thanos. possible. Through his face. Yeah, he tries to be nice the first time. He's like, "Here's my cloak. <laughs> Fight over that. Let me yeah. go." Yeah, like, <laughs> you better be all right, bamboo. guys, like, leave me alone. And that bitch came back, so he just took her face right off. <laughs> so well, here, but here Joey, are the first, to your point, here are the first two they sentences. even said that his stick wasn't right. His stick was here bamboo. Are the here are the first two sentences. A black flood of strength surged through me like a madness. I stepped out and thrust the end of my staff deep into a man's face. I drew it quickly back and continued a swig that went through a woman's lower jaw. <laughs> so he just—it's magic He's... then. Yeah, <laughs> he had magic. It's... Magic. Strength. I mean, that's full Witcher mode. Like I was right. gonna say, he's that. he's experiencing the thrill. If we go Sanderson, death. Yeah. Yes. Kill what everyone. Other... What? I'm trying to think. What's the wheel of time? I guess it's like if Perrin had Hulk. I mean, Perrin and Fitz Chivalry are actually very similar. It's like. Well, yeah, they're both like I don't I don't like this magic. I can't do this. That's all I got from Perrin yeah, in the they're... first book. That's all. <laughs> he's a, he's oh, a berserker. Why do I have to have this power? It's so terrible. He is a berserker. Yeah, total that berserker That comes mode. up later. <laughs> have I said too much? I don't know, Joey. You're supposed to be a new you're not. Leader. You're not talking about Tom, so everything's good. <laughs> Looking okay. at you, Rachel. Okay. You're not talking about Molly. We're gonna lose a star on iTunes now because of you, because because uh, of me. It's spoiler all cast. Of yeah, I was gonna say because of what? Cause they of said this wasn't okay. a spoiler cast. 
but I found out that Fitz might be a pretty good berserker, <laughs> and... <laughs> Tom might mean something, I don't know. Um, what else did we cover in this? Let's see. Oh, I really liked that, um, when they, when, um, the bastard joke. <laughs> Always love a good Sorry, bastard joke. Yeah. Uh, uh, I was, I love that there was bastard. like a sense of humor when Fitz, it's a, when Fitz is talking to Birch, I guess, when he gets back. To oh, Bucky, yeah. And he says, Birch says, of course, the bastard left the horses with all the others. And Fitz says, no, I reminded him, not letting go of his hand. I'm the bastard, remember? <laughs> How can you be oh. shitty to Fitz after that? That was so cute. Oh, I, yeah. Uh, that cracked me up, though. A little a little bastard humor for you. <laughs> I, I do want to do, like, like, props to Robin Hobb, though, because, you know, up until this point, really, like, we had that whole journey in the night with Shade in our in our last episode, but this is the first time that Fitz has sort of like been alone and like being set upon by these zombie like creatures. And it was really scary. Like it had that horror element that I wasn't expecting, especially the first time mm-hmm. I read it. I loved when they were like, he's like, okay, I'm in the middle of nowhere. There's going to be some freaking forged people around. I got to find a way to defend myself. I'm going to hunker down between these rocks and whittle myself a stick. And I'm like, <laughs> that's every woman who has ever had to walk to her yes. car in the dark alone at night. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, fuck, how am I going to survive? <laughs> yes, honestly, screw Schroeder- Schrodinger's rapist. All men are forged ones <laughs> in the dark. Well, hold on. Um, say Say that thing that you said about the forged ones and how they're not zombies because they don't scream they don't scream they speak very very levelly and with no with zero well like i'm gonna eat you you took my food give me that give Give me me that that. i want that shit but they do well they're not decaying their body's still working body's fine i just want to eat it they just have no soul they're just like the people on the subway they're just (laughs) raw id Like, you you know the people that you know logically that if you would just step aside and let me off the train, we could all just do this a lot faster, but they just stand there (laughs) in the door trying to get in while you're trying to get off. You just, you know, you just gotta take your whittled stick and jam it through your jaw. (laughs) Get the fuck out of the way. They're they're tourists that stand there and take selfies in in your way. (laughs) Oh, that shit happens in Charleston all the time. We have sidewalks that are like two feet wide. And you're walking, you're walking, and then it's like the domino effect because one person stops. And then they just walk into the middle of the street and, like, point their camera up at a building and are taking photos. And I'm like, dude, you're in the fucking road. Get out. It's the same thing. Forged Forged ones. It is. So that whole exchange between Burrich and him at the end is just, ugh. It just, it hurts. It really hurts. Where he's like... He's like, bastard, no, you could have been a fit son to chivalry, but you threw it all away. For what, a dog? I know what a dog can be to a man, but you don't throw your life over for a... And then he goes, not just a dog, I cut in almost harshly, Smithy, my friend. And it wasn't only to him. I gave up the weight and came back for you. (laughs) I know! Thinking he might need me. Smithy died days ago, I knew that, but I came back for you, thinking you might need me. And it's just like, ah. Yeah. Rich, what are you doing? And then he goes to town and sees Molly putting her head on some other dude's shoulder, and it's like, Jade. dude, Jade, the guy with an ear. I know, I love that he's Uh-oh. focused on the earring. Jade. 
Oh, that night I got drunker than I had ever been and awoke the next day in some bushes halfway up the keep road. <laughs> that's basically, uh, that's basically, um... Me? What? No. No, never. Dario. <laughs> oh, Dario. Jade, is, Jade is Dario? Jade is Dario. Yeah, he's got sure. the earring and the mm. probably the boob handles or something. Sounds real hot. All right. Maybe he has a gold Chapter... <laughs> Chapter 18 is titled Assassination. Uh, and the intro is all about what Shade has been doing for this whole long period uh, where he wasn't teaching anything or requiring anything of Fitz. So he was studying Forged Ones to no avail. Uh, I, I mean, it's sad because he, like, tried to figure out if it was an affliction, if it was, like, um, like PTSD, if he could get through to her, if he was kind, if, you know, if there, if there were treatments. But in the end, he just puts her to sleep. Just, yeah, it's really sad. sad. That was kind of brutal. So Fitz's summer of misery <laughs> begins. Fitz uh, ha- is no longer learning the skill, and he's failed to join the coterie. He's exiled from Burge's domain, and he's because of the wit magic. But he's avoided by all of his friends. He doesn't have a dog friend. Uh, he does take up with <laughs> Shade again, who's been busy scheming and researching with the king over the ongoing Red Ship Raider issue. And so Shade has Fitz go out into the kingdom to exterminate forged ones via poisoned bread, and he also occasionally fights them. And then there's a couple sentences dedicated to Fitz, the killer. He's a man now, so he kills. Uh, about how he even does a political-style assassination of a target. Uh, but it's like a real yeah. piece of shit, so it... Yeah, dude's a... It was it was a Joffrey. Yeah. He had a gun. <laughs> so Fitz is eventually tasked with tending to Verity during the day while Verity skills to protect the kingdom. Verity is very clearly in a decline and he is succumbing to the skill. Uh, but they do talk a little bit. They talk a little bit about Galen. They talk about the Red Ship Raiders. They talk about the skill and they even talk about chivalry. Uh, but when Verity probes Fitz with the skill, he finds that Fitz has some sort of skill block and he's able to remove it because Verity is very powerful. Um, and this almost immediately <laughs> seems to restore Fitz to his more positive attitude uh, and he's able to be skilled to and, and feel when people are skilling. So fuck you very much, Galen. Mm-hmm. Uh, during during this effort, Verity also realizes that he can use Fitz as the king's man, which means he would be drawing strength to increase his own skilling power. This puts Fitz right on his ass, so mm. Verity refuses to keep doing it. And to remove Fitz as a temptation, Verity refuses to let Fitz continue to attend to him. So now Fitz doesn't even have that. But as he's exiting, Verity tells him that his he tells him his name which is Fitz, Fitz Chivalry Farseer, which he's had since he was six. He put it in the book as soon as he was brought the, to them. And no one bothered else. to tell this poor child. No one t- bothered to tell anyone. No I one know. No, he's not bastard boy. He's, like, he's Chivalry's bastard, a Farseer. But that's a name. That's name. He's son of Chivalry. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a name, right? That counts. Um, so Buckkeep moves into Harvest Time, and Fitz is invited to dinner between Verity and Shrewd. And the, here he learns that Regal has finally chosen a bride for Verity and she's from the mountains and Verity he's just like wasting away he's just not he's he's you know Fitz seems really really concerned about him and Verity's having to skill non-stop and he refuses to leave his post at all he's like no I can't go into the mountains to meet this bride <laughs> so he says you should send Regal and they have a little bit of an argument but the chapter ends the worst idea ever. with Shrewd telling 
<laughs> with Shrewd telling Fitz to prepare to journey to the Mountain Kingdom, where he will be expected to assassinate Verity's future brother-in-law in order to set uh. up the absorption of the Mountain Kingdom into the Six Duchies. So, like, Shrewd, wow, okay, cool. Happy wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Uh, what do you want to discuss first? His name that he didn't have forever because Verity sucks and doesn't tell people things. It made me sad. Fit chivalry farseer. Fitz chivalry. Falls right off the tongue. Fitz chivalry. Sorry, I'm thinking of later books. <laughs> we also learned that, like, <laughs> we <laughs> we also learned that, like, Galen's coterie is kind of useless to Verity, like. <laughs> He can't really use them the way that the coteries were talked about, you know, in that flashback. He he basically just uses them to like message people. They're carrier pigeons and be his eyeballs. Yeah, yeah, because he's really the one doing, doing all the work, right? And and so very still just like doing all this work, and he's also refusing to draw on fits. So he's just he's eating himself alive in order to fit to skill twenty four hours a day. Yeah. Oh, Verity. Poor Verity. So what do you, I, I don't know. I think like we haven't, we've been in Fitz's head and Fitz is obviously more concerned about himself because of all the shit that's going down. But, you know, it seems like they're definitely losing whatever this conflict is between the six duchies and the red ships. For sure. Because they're not, they're not doing anything. It's, it's literally like... just Verity. Yeah. Nobody else is. Yeah. Doing yeah, it's Verity up in this tower. His, he's being eaten from the inside out because he's using this skill so frequently. And to what end? They're not, like, they're talking about raising taxes. They don't have any money to build any new ships. Verity has this whole big plan of, like, this is what we need to do to defend ourselves in the next season. And they're not doing any of it. And it's like, well, why are you even bother wasting this life if you have no plan you're not taking any forward action to remedy anything I mean, that's he happening is doing well things. yeah i mean they must not be tr they're just not explaining yeah, they, fully I mean, what he's doing verity i think well, yeah. is doing oh, saying the king true. isn't doing anything yeah i don't right, know well, the king had instructed doing. regal to figure out how they can best you know fortify themselves in order to have a conflict with these red ships and i get and you know regal decided well we need the mountain kingdom we don't, you know, we don't need to go south to Jamalia or anything. Like, we don't need to ally with the people who are already in conflict with the Red Ship Raiders, right? They're going to go to the mountains. But I, I, I don't, I just, I feel like they must not even be trading out. Like, they have no ports that are accessible. They've, they're isolated. They're, and they have no, like, they're, I guess they're feeding themselves in the center. But all the forged ones are just wandering around the countryside. Eating poison mm -hmm. bread. Eating poison bread. I mean, that was actually smart, uh, I think. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think so as well. Could yeah. have just corralled the forged ones and sent them into, like, the inland duchies and be like, see, this is the problem. Help us. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm I... sure that would have gone over well. <laughs> I, I don't know how many red ships are attacking. Are you? I guess you, it doesn't really describe how many, but it never really feels like more than just, like, occasional raids. So how, you don't what, think so? Because Verity's skilling all the time, right? But what I mean, what kind of it, what kind I, of yeah. navy can they feel? Like it, it, it seems like it's almost like an insurmountable cost to feel the navy for this nation. You know what I mean? It it just seems odd. 
it feels like they have right. a couple ships and don't know how to use them. The red ships or the yeah. six statues? The six statues. Yeah, well, right. They, they don't even have warships. They just have, like... Well, he said, like, yeah. there are still people alive that know how to make these warships. Like, we should have them build them for us again. So they were martial. They used to be. Right. But they've entered this period of peace. Like, shrewd came up in a period where they weren't at war. Which is why they didn't teach people the skill and they didn't make warships. And they're vastly yep. unprepared. Yep, and they're just a big fat target. And not doing much to prevent that. Mm -hmm. I mean, the... and, Sh and Shrewd had married, you know, women that came from within the six duchies. Like, he wasn't making alliances. I think they paid for that. I mean, the, the Mountain Kingdom is, is not a bad choice from Regal. Just why do you trust Regal? I don't trust anything Regal wants. No. Why does he want it? Okay, so let's go into... Let's see, I have some other notes in here. Uh, all right, friends in high places, character introductions and exits. We do meet the skill master Galen, everyone's favorite. I wrote the Who wrote worst, the worst in all capital? Oh, the purple is mine. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Um, it's accurate. And then we kind of also get to know Verity and Burrich a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I think it's uh, I think it's very um, informative into how powerful Verity is that he's able to undo whatever Galen does as so easily that in an it, instant. Yeah. yeah, that it's described. Yeah, as like he's like, oh, you you were misted. You're done. Yeah. Well, he also talks, yeah. which we didn't really address, but he talks about um, a little bit about what chivalry did to Galen. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting of like, oh, why was Galen always so obsessed and in love with chivalry? And it's like, oh, because they fucking brainwashed him. <laughs> On accident and they didn't know how to undo it. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you do you do get like, you know, that that chivalry himself was very strong in the skill. And so Fitz is then, of course, naturally probably also very much like his father and that they're all just, you know, he describes them as bulls, yeah. Like with their skill, like they just kind of bash through and like dump their information right. or do whatever they're doing, and then they leave. So they're not like they're not finessing it, but they are very powerful. You definitely get the uh, the impression that literally nobody in the story is well trained. No, and no, uh, some people are more yeah. powerful than others, but nobody is. Nobody like knows what they're doing. Really, died with. I assume Solicity was like good at skilling, but she just didn't teach them very well, or or she died, died before, before she could, she teach, could them really teach them too much. Well, right, because it does mention that she didn't like Galen was what she had, not what she wanted. Right. Yeah. So he, he see that implies that he was not very talented or powerful. <laughs> so the, more of that inferiority complex. So. Uh, next one is skills acquired. Fitz acquires friendship, right? The fool and him have this kind of ongoing, casual, like real feeling friendship where they talk to each other and take advice. And it's not all about like formalities and, you know, like. Yeah, it's it's the only candid conversations I feel like that aren't strategic and aren't like they, they're actually like he pops into his room. He's like, hey, man, how's it going? Yeah. Like. Yeah, I could watch your dog tonight. No big. I mean, they're mm -hmm. strategic in a different way, but I don't think well, Fitz quite gets that. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't think. Yeah, correct. 
sea pipes. Did we know that Fitz can play the sea pipes? Yeah, Half you know. Sea- the fa- his favorite of the instruments he can't play. Right, but now he has a, he has <laughs> some because Lacey gave him the pipes. So what are sea yeah. pipes? Also, the the instrument that Patience gives to him to try to play. I imagine like the Miss Pan, pan flute. You know, like, yeah, I'm, yeah, like a pan yeah. flute. Sounds right. Um, I also think that he acquired the skills to make really amazing whittled sticks. <laughs> Dangerous, fatal sticks. Yeah. He and patients are making paper in the first chapter we read. Uh-huh. He knows how to make paper. So what so what has fit what skills does Fitz have at this moment? He has berserker paper fighting making. skills, paper making, <laughs> apprenticeship uh-huh. tattooing, and fluting. He can play th- he can play the pan flute. He can paint puppies. Oh, he learned he learned how to clean and make cleaning solutions. He can clean, clean up, up after puppies. Cleaning he knows how to yeah, yeah. He knows how to poison people and also make them like invigorating drafts of questionable drugs. <laughs> He's yeah. good at like the my whip. Skyrim character. This is like my Skyrim character. <laughs> He's got a great resume and I can see why someone wanted to sponsor him for the man ceremony. Yes. Again, this is all ready. <laughs> he is ready. He is ready to be the changer. Um, so well-rounded man. Good <laughs> I can't believe like Molly is not jumping on that. Instead, she's going for the guy with the earring. And, yeah, the, the motorcycle. You know, rider. I loved Tom from Blink One Eighty Two because he had that lip ring. It like fucking. You know what? Got me, oh. and I so I, I I understand where Molly is coming oh. from. You all, I mean, yes, everyone deserves a bad boyfriend. Everybody <laughs> deserves a Tom DeLone. Get that Dario action. <laughs> that guy believes in aliens, like he, thinks... he like hardcore <laughs> believes in aliens, like super super. Everybody super deserves yeah. a stupid boyfriend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a superior girlfriend. <laughs> The next section yep. is for animal assist. So I have Smithy. Oh, Smithy. Yeah. I am currently Go receiving an animal Smithy. assist. My wit beast is sitting next to me. <laughs> I have footage of her helping with this podcast. Oh, cute. Hi, White Owl. She does Hi, not have owl. anything interesting to say. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like the cat. Not out loud. Pet me. I would like um. some more attention. <laughs> Food, please, always and forever. So. But Smithy, he he was gone too soon, I think, you know? He was just getting started. He was starting to, to he was. not actually, like, speak, but, like, have more thoughts that fits verbalized rather than just being like, puppy things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something yeah. beyond puppy happy. Yeah, like, let's go here. Let's go there. I like this. Where are you going? You know what? I think that's, that's just stuff. Fitz projecting. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, that's what he's. That's what the dog's saying. Nope, that's all you fits. You just uh, the other animal. The other animal that we have in this section is Leon Verity's poor oh, ignored yeah. dog. Take him hunting for rabbits. And Leon is like so not interested in Fitz because he's like, dude, you're not my man. Like Verity's my guy. Well, let's just get this over with. I need to go and get a rabbit. Like, do it so we can say we did it. <laughs> I like when he brings back the rabbit and he's like, this is not for you. (laughs) (laughs) So cute. (laughs) Our next section uh, is an addition, a new addition um, in this episode. It's called, was the fool there and how creepy was he being? 
Ashley. So <laughs> this is just I'll for take the, ownership just of this for Ashley. In, in all of my written notes, I have highlighted in red when the fits or when the fool shows up, and then I give him creep factors. So. <laughs> When we learn that the fool, when he comes in and he doesn't have a smell and he's just like bopping in and he can't hear him coming in, I'm like, that's creepy. That's a solid like seven. That's an eight situation. It's a little weird. He can't quest for him. Like that shit's very bizarre. Then he's like, it gets a little bit tamer along the way. Like he comes in, he tries to convince him not to do the training and all that, but he's being kind of an actual friend to him. However, Fitz does take the fool's hand and says that they are so cold that it gives him chills. That's but they're hand creepy. holding. Yeah. <laughs> they reached that stage in their friendship. Well... <laughs> so, you know, I, I feel like in this section, he's hovering at a good, like, six to seven, somewhere in that realm. Right. Out of ten? Right. Out of ten? Yeah, out of ten. We're, this is scale one to ten, ten being the most creepiest. Okay. And then he comes back and his opinion is flipped comes back and yes. tells him yeah. to continue with he's, training. He's so wishy-washy. I know. It's all over well, the place. Well, he says, he's like, no, he don't says, if no, I, he's like, he says it. something like, maybe if I, if I told you to not do this, it would have gone differently. Like, he, he's like, almost like he's talking to himself. Yeah. Fool's got an agenda. So, we're not as creepily, uh, creepy as the chiclet teeth. That was <laughs> chiclet but, um, teeth? It's been a few years. Maybe teeth. he has full-size teeth now. Yeah, I think his teeth are growing in. So, uh, yeah. Uh, the next section is Fitz Misery. The bastard has a moment. Uh, well, we have many of those. <laughs> we have skill training. There's, there's, my God. <laughs> we have skill training with Galen. We have almost throwing yourself off the Queen's Tower as not your greatest moment. We have the overwhelming depression of being. We have going anywhere Galen sends you. We have Fitz as a one man forged one cleanup crew. I mean,. <laughs> This is definitely this is forged one cleanup. <laughs> like, this is not. That's a yeah, yeah. Poor Fitz misery in full full attendance in this section. Well, and did we even don't forget about Molly? And also, exactly... your girlfriend likes some guy with a stupid ass earring. <laughs> they always go for those older but men. She's like sixteen, and he's like twenty. I can't remember the yeah. difference anymore, but Jade? like he's yeah, he's, is like he's got facial hair. It's long enough yeah. to be curly. He's like a guy with a car. Yeah. <laughs> Next section is called, but did you die? No, no, he didn't die, but he's killing people now. And I feel like he wanted something. to die. He could have His died. innocence died. Yeah. He wanted to die. He thought he was going to die. And then he killed people. And so, then he yeah. killed people. So not doing great on this section either. And then our last uh, section is oh, is called "What Made You Cry." I mean, I said that when he got his his name from Verity because I was just like, he's been asked this question so many times. What's your name? What's your name? And everybody gives him a new random name, and he had a name the whole time. If you know certain people had actually spoken up and said so, just me. Like we said for him. But Verity says he put it in a book. So who's got the damn I know, is book? He just like carrying around this book on his person and no one's seen it? Like or like people, <laughs> put it in the people sure saw the book. It's in the library. Legal probably saw the book and was like, I'm burning this. Verity's <laughs> very uh, much the kind of person who would record things and not tell anyone. Like he just records it because he's he likes writing it down and making the math and doing I just like that he's things. just like, I thought you knew. I'm like why did you? No one's called him Fitzgerald Verity. What did you think was happening? No, no one called him that. 
It's probably like a random book that's at that other place that it's they were probably at still in the got mountains. dropped off. Uh-huh. Moon's eye. Yeah. The, um, and then Thank I just you. said the whole section because nothing good happens to him and it's all terrible. Yeah, and I said Burrich's rejection because that was that. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. It's wow. rough. Am I just imagining this, or did Fitz see Burrich's like a tear go down his face or something, or I just literally imagining it? <laughs> well, he's in his bed and he like turns over and stares at the wall, so I don't know if he would have seen him crying. I felt like I read something about a tear too. At one point, he calls him son, and that really hurt me. <sighs> Burrich refers to him as son, and it's just like. Oh, he does? I don't remember. Was that, that in the last... Should we have mentioned that in the last episode? Was that a previous, um, a previous I reading? For, I, well, I, lo- I looked quickly while, um, while we were talking about it, but I couldn't find it, but I can't remember. It's in this section. Yeah, just, you know, real sad. Just a lot of, a lot of family drama. <laughs> yeah. I was really just sad popping that cork um, <laughs> when, when Smithy died, but yeah. it wasn't tear-worthy for no, me. No, it was just, you know, another dog yeah. that disappears mm. poor smithy all right well if that's it uh, do our do our new readers have anything else that they want to say before i send them away uh i guess i really just hope that the next the last what six chapters mm-hmm. are kind of as action-packed as this batch because i like that we had so much happening it was i don't was think nice you'll momentum. be disappointed in that regard because <laughs> i i read them excited. and i was like wow a lot happens <laughs> yeah yes yeah, so reminder our next reading section is going to be chapters 19 through the end that's the epilogue so next episode we will be finishing up assassin's apprentice ass apprentice ass just keep drinking uh, all right go fall asleep in some bushes i'm ashley and you can find me on instagram at ladybird parker I'm Joey, and you, and you can find me at powerkid.exe. Or your local bushes. <laughs> Is Joey just the drunken fits of this podcast? <laughs> he's not sad enough. Nah, he's Cry, Joey. Cry. <laughs> All right, you guys. Have fun Bye. talking about Rachel's spoilers. Bye. Bye. Welcome to the spoiler discussion for episode three. Uh, just a reminder again that we have, none of us have read the Rainwild books. Um, that's going to be Alyssa. She'll be joining us later. Uh, but if you do have any comments or questions that you would like us to read during the spoiler section of the podcast, or if it's not spoilery, we'll read it at the you know beginning of the podcast. Uh, you can email us at buckheapradio at gmail.com. Do you guys have anything? I only have three things that I wanted to talk about. I think I wrote something down. I don't remember. You did. Oh, yeah, I did. I did. I did. Um, but the first thing that I wanted to say is I kind of can't wait to see what the new readers make of Ketrican and Rurisk. It's going to be. Oh, yeah. It's gonna be good. Oh, I love Ketrican.
Yeah, I had to read the end of this book so that I could not sound dumb when we talked about this because I'd forgotten literally everything. So <laughs> now I'm excited too. <laughs> Yay. Yay! We're gonna get. I. You know what? I there. I know that this first book is like building the characters, like building the party, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I, it really needs someone like her because everyone's just there's just like a lot of male energy, yeah. all, you know, and everyone is also very i'm trying it's like it's going back to that idea about how lacy is like how like she's like a calm person in a storm Mm -hmm. like when she when you know when like fitz is with is with patience uh it seems like there's not enough people like that in the story so far like everyone's very like wrapped up in their own heads and not really good about communicating with others or at least listening she's very to others so that they can everyone. be under yes <laughs> she understands people like she doesn't she doesn't project her own expectations on anyone she's also very blunt when she needs <laughs> yeah i love it it's great uh i also had a note uh, just about regal and galen and queen desire and like pharaoh and all that stuff that like this kind of the dynamic of the villains in this first trilogy for me it fits really comfortably in the fantasy genre that lineage of power and jealousy amongst royal siblings and there is a part of me that feels empathy for regal and a little bit for galen but mostly for regal because he was like groomed by his mother to believe that he deserves this power and influence and you know that he should be ruler and but he was never given the education or any kind of legitimate opportunity like with the skill to do any of those things right and it's there's probably a lot of reasons for that mostly his mother being a complete disaster (laughs) and also just him not being you know just not having it in him Mm -hmm. um but the larger part of me just just hates them and loves to hate (laughs) them like they are cruel and they are useless and Galen is he's the only one with the skill talent but it's just minuscule and he's jealous and you know and ignorant and I just they are I I call them a stooge team they're (laughs) goons and they're they're just like wonderful very you know just black villains that I love to hate they are great characters to hate it's it's you feel good about it yeah but they're not like so one-dimensional so they're so no, they're villains. not. They're not. Like I, I'm not saying that it's. it's... Oh no, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I'm just saying like they yeah. have, they have they're, all but that they behind are typical, them. Yes. Yeah, they're typical fantasy villains. Like they, I understand the mold that they came from. Mm-hmm. But they are fun to hate. Mm-hmm. Eli, were you gonna say something? Well, I, I know Shrewd isn't a villain, right? But like. He's got a certainly a part to play in the buildup of all of this. Oh yeah, and, and even if it's because he of his disease or whatever, he I mean, it's it's kind of the same thing. Like he's wasted away his his power, and he's, I mean, he's plotting, but he he's fighting against himself the whole time, and he's fighting against Regal, and he's even if he doesn't know he is, and it's 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 everyone is so ineffectual that it's just it's baffling because you know you've got this enemy that's coming in and it seems like the nation is doing nothing and they really are because they're they're just you know they're just fighting amongst themselves or against their own weakness or 
you know, there's a million things going on, but none of them are fighting against the Red Ship Raiders right. cohesively. Yeah, I I think that they're cursed. Like this tradition of their of their names supposedly being their their one true self like they are supposed to embody whatever their name means like that's almost a curse for, for I all of them it's I sort definitely of a see that. Yeah. self-fulfilling prophecy kind of a thing yeah or like a self-fulfilling failing <laughs> prophecy you know it's like shrewd tries so hard to be shrewd that he often doesn't see the correct path you know like chivalry wasn't chivalric and you know i mean verity it's just he they Fitz, like Fitz chivalry that's just son of chivalry that's just what he is you know he doesn't have to, he can't fail at being that he's great at being the bastard right he's <laughs> he is great at, at it's not an ideal it's just his name well you he know? has several other uh, names and one of them is changer so he's... right but that's not that's not a, like the the six duchies kind of like yeah, loyal name right and Verity is Verity, but he's Verity to a fault, right? Like he's right. Yeah, they it, they are they are like victims of their own of their. It's <laughs> their almost names like limit them. They yeah, it limits them for sure. I like that. Uh, the other note that I have to go back to the the changer is the my. I actually answered a question that Eli put in here about the man ceremony in our notes. So Eli, you had said that you thought that the man ceremony would was like a wit tradition right so um you know it involves decisions whether or not to kill and eat animals um there's use of uh, a language that is very secretive and they call it the old tongue which is there's references later on to the old blood the wit the old wit um yep uh and it seems heavily implied that burrish would be the one who would choose I, I feel like there's who else would choose Fitz for a man ceremony? For a man ceremony, yeah, like, other than his other that? than his adopted dad, like Verity wouldn't because Verity at that Verity point doesn't have time for that. He didn't even <laughs> do anything with Fitz for that point. So um, I feel like it's implied that it is Burridge, and I agree. I think it's Burridge, but I don't think it's a wit thing. Okay. I I. I, I find it very unlikely that he would pass on some sort of wit tradition to him, but it seemed like there were so many callbacks to the wit things, like ca calling yeah. him changer, the old tongue. Maybe you know, the whole something... the ceremony involves animals. It just Maybe seems it's something like... that was born in the same time as the wit, and it sort of yeah. separated from it from that. So, so it's also, okay. why mention it at all? Why is yeah, why is this mentioned at all? Racking my brain to see whether or not we ever like hear mention of this man ceremony thing like ever again. I don't and feel like I we do because think... when I read it I again, I was do. like, "What?" I know. I'm like, I'm confident. Like, I went googling too to be like, "What the hell is this?" And there's like some Reddit threads where people are like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> so I feel like it doesn't come back. At, in any in any like i would love for her there's actually an entry where someone asked her on her website but all of the entries are deleted so huh. I, I couldn't figure it out but my own like i was i was i read it like a million times it's like what is this and i think that you're right i think it's burich but i think that it's probably like like the kingsmen the guards the like the lower level like men in buckkeep uh -huh. and i think it has more to do with this idea that also brings them to something like well, you know, the skill pillars, but, you know, 
where it's like, oh, this is a traditional thing that we've always done. It's like arcane magic. It's lore. Right. Because they're all wearing the runes from the skill pillar masks. Mm -hmm. And at first I was like, well, maybe it has something to do with the skill. And I was like trying to figure out like, well, maybe it is like shrewd and like regal. But I'm like, but this is after chivalry had died. And I just couldn't really convince myself. Like, I think it's Burrich. And I think that it's more of that like Freemasonry kind of men's club. <laughs> and the, the only thing that I couldn't really wrap my head around was the whole changer catalyst thing. But I think that could be easily explained with just like, that's his destiny. That's his name. That's his true self. But it was also, I went and read that passage again. The person who gave him his name is the sponsor. That's Burridge. Burridge has the wit. So maybe he heard the animals call him that. Maybe. Well, I mean, Burridge has a strange relationship with the wit anyway. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of can't even admit to himself when he's using no, it. No, he's just like, just because you have the sense doesn't mean you have to use it that way. Yeah, it's like, it's like, they talk about it as like it's masturbation, you know? It's like, <laughs> go do it in private, don't talk about it, you don't share it, don't do it too much, and don't do it in a weird way. <laughs> like, it's just... Absolutely don't involve the animals. <laughs> yeah, absolutely do not involve animals in it. Uh, but yeah, I think I just that whole man ceremony thing. I I think I wrote like five pages and then deleted all of it. <laughs> I was just like talking to myself in our little notes doc. Like I was like, what about this? Could it be this? I like talked my way through all all my different theories until I decided I was like, I think it's definitely Burrich. I don't know why there's no women though. Like the whole no women thing is weird. It's a man ceremony. Uh, maybe there's a woman ceremony where all the women come I hope and so. make you kill squirrels i don't know <laughs> i just also don't think it's a wit thing because of the animal killing like that would be shitty yeah like, yeah what if your wit what if your wit bonded to like a squirrel and they're like kill the squirrel and you're like no i don't, don't want to do well that. then if it's not kill the animal yeah so i don't know maybe it's a test maybe you're not supposed so to no, because otherwise you eat them. That's what he said. He was like, no one had a feast at my man's oh. ceremony. Well, well if, you were, if you were bonded to a wolf, you would probably eat the animals. If you're bonded to a yeah, deer, not maybe not. Bonded... <laughs> yeah, you're... not everyone's bonded to predator animals. It just seems wrong. No, you know, you're not out there, like, killing the horses and eating them, you know. It seems exclusionary. Um, anything else that you specifically want to talk about in terms of spoilers? Uh, I see you put down the elf bark. Oh, the elf bark. Yeah. Oh. Knowing what we know about elf bark now, every time someone puts it in their mouth, I'm like, I'm like no. stop. Stop. It's bad for so, you. So Fitz hasn't <laughs> had any yet, right? He's not experienced. Oh, yeah. Fitz has had yeah, some. Yeah, because Verity gave it to him after he like used them all up with the skilling. Yeah, Verity. All right. I missed, I missed the last they, 10 they pages. They share that cup. Yeah. I I haven't I've not oh, actually yeah, caught have... up. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. <laughs> Sorry. Uh it, b besides that anything else you guys want to talk about or should we wrap up? Uh I think that's mostly it cuz I'll save my stuff for the the next section. Yeah, um, yeah, cuz you already read ahead. Oh, well, I I had to. 
<laughs> all right well so reminder then for our next reading section we'll be reading chapters 19 through the epilogue of assassin's apprentice and if you like what we're doing please check out the fire and lynch podcast for all things a song of ice and fire and the rtfb podcast for more sci-fi fantasy reading discussions i'm rachel and you can follow me on twitter at darth rachel i'm eli and i am on instagram at chewy bread cosplay uh, I'm Jenny, and you can find me on Twitter at JennySlife87, uh, on Redbubble at Jen Snow, and uh, the Fire Lunch Podcast. I forgot all my things again. <laughs> so prolific. All right. I say, there's like eight other things I could say, but I won't. Uh, <laughs> so this has been Buckheap Radio. You can find us at Buckheap Radio on Poppy and Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts because I finally fixed it. Ooh. Yay. <laughs> Great. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. Bye.